Your girl is a homebody, so one of the best parts of the day for me is when I can come home, put on my comfy pajamas, get snuggled up on the couch, and enjoy something to drink while catching up on a TV show. The thing is, though, that I don't want to drink wine all the time because, though I love it, I'm no longer a huge wine drinker like I was back in the day. I have morning headaches and even inflammation to thank for that. So, to help fill that gap, I've been enjoying Recess Mood as a guilt-free way to unwind. Recess Mood really is a vibe y'all there are only 20 calories per serving no added sugar and it's infused with stuff i like including mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens which really helps me to relax after a high energy day recess mood has four delicious flavors to choose from my personal fave is strawberry rose if one of your goals in 2024 is to drink less alcohol this is the way Give Recess Mood a try today and see how relaxed it helps you feel. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com forward slash self-care and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast, a show for Black women exploring ways to prioritize their wholeness, health, and happiness in a world that does not fully acknowledge our humanity. My name is Bree. I am the host of the show as well as a self-care coach. I help Black women embody a lifestyle of self-care that centers our rest, ease, abundance, and liberation so that we can continue healing from the traumas we've endured that are rooted in racism, oppression, and capitalism while freeing ourselves from the belief our value is inherently linked to what we can do or be for others. Now let's go ahead and get into today's episode where I want to talk about some things that I wish that I knew while battling depression, which was one of the hardest, if not the hardest thing I have ever done. And I'm, I know that there are books and, and tools and, and things like that out there. But when you are going through, when you are going through, those things aren't necessarily in your mind accessible. Like in your mind, one plus one doesn't equal two. One plus one equals 56. So having books and tools and resources, sometimes it's like you don't, you don't really feel that they're for you or that they're accessible by you. And so I want to share some things. I have five points that I wish that I knew when I was going through my season, my, my season of depression. Okay, now before I get into this, and this, I want to say trigger warning here, trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning, because this conversation that you and I are having may kind of go into the, um, 
into the scope of like suicide. And I want to make sure that I mention that I'm not a licensed professional, of course, as far as like a therapist, a counselor, a psychologist, any of those kind of things. I am merely uh, one soul sharing her story with another soul. Okay, that that's basically what I'm doing and providing you with some things that I've reflected on and, and realized, man, I wish, I wish I knew these things. I wish I knew these things because I do believe they would have my my depression, what I went through, my experience, I believe it would have been it would have been a little different. It would have been a little bit different. But before I talk about what I want to talk about today, I want to give a shout out to Mlines26 who left a beautiful five-star review for the Brown Girl Self-Care podcast on iTunes. Mlines26 says This episode about self-care and being addicted to it is absolutely on point. I needed to hear this because it is absolutely something we all do and normalize. It seems like a good idea and we even reward ourselves for it when really we are creating another vicious cycle. I am not broken. I absolutely love your perspective, especially while recovering from childhood and adulthood trauma. Thank you so much for using your experiences and voice to help others relate, especially black women. So she's referring to, or I'm assuming it's a woman, my mistake, this person, M. Lyons. Um, well, she said especially black women, so I'm going to assume she a woman, okay? Because I don't, I, don't I don't know if men listen to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast now that I am thinking, I've never thought about that. I have never thought about that. Like, seriously, I'm having a, sec- I'm having a moment here. I never thought about that. Like, do men listen to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast? If you do, hey, boo, hey. I'm glad that you're here and you're listening. Um, but M. Lyons 26 is referring to the episode where I talked about how I was practicing self, like I was addicted to it because I, I, I was trying to fix my brokenness. That's That was my approach to self-care for a while. And I was saying that we are not broken. So scroll back a few episodes and listen to that one if you haven't listened to it already. M. Lyons, thank you for that review. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into today's topic, which again, these are some things that I wish that I knew while I was battling depression, okay? And this is kind of hard for me to talk about. It is. I mean, I, I, I've touched upon the subject of depression before. Like, it's not anything new to the Brown Girl Self-Care podcast, but I think some of the things maybe are a little like I'm going, I'm going in a little bit, (laughs) you know what I mean? Just a little bit. So yeah. So I guess this is kind of like a slightly different conversation for me. So, um, I'm not sure how much backstory I gave in regards to my year. I call it lovingly. And that was sarcasm, by the way, uh, as my year of depression, I'm going to take a quick sip of water here. My bad. I have a huge hydro flask of water, 64 ouncer. Sometimes you just get a little parched when you're talking about self-care, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, my season uh, of depression. <sighs> uh, again, I'm not sure how much I shared on the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. So this might or may not be a little redundant. But without going into the, into the whole thing... I've I've experienced some some things that uh, one of them was after the birth of my daughter. I am for sure I had postpartum. Like I am a million percent positive that I had postpartum. And after that, 
maybe, um, probably about six years ago. I'm trying to do the math here really quickly. Six years ago, that was another bout that I had with depression. And, um, that was, that is what I call my year of depression. And that was the year that I was off of work. I was getting paid and it wasn't like this fun vacation. Like imagine if you're off for a whole year and you're like, yes, I'm off, I'm off for a whole year. You know what I mean? Like, no, <laughs> I'm not saying that it was all like womp, 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 because it wasn't there. I mean, I didn't have to go into work, obviously, but there was, <laughs> there was definitely, um, it was not unicorns and rainbows and case in point, like for that entire year, for some reason, I just did not feel safe enough to sleep in my bedroom. Not because not because there was anything physical going on in my house, not not that kind of safe, but I, my body would not allow me to go upstairs into my bedroom and sleep in my bed. So for that whole year, I slept on a, on, on the couch in the living room the entire year, and I would do the same routine over and over again. It would be, you know, go pick up my daughter from school in the afternoon, or let me start from the beginning. It would be wake up, get her ready for school, drive her to school come home, go to sleep. I might eat something, but go to sleep with the TV on downstairs uh, in the living room on the couch, set an alarm, wake up in time to pick her up from school, get her from school, um, you know, tend to her while with home, whatever she needed, obviously. And then when she went to bed, instead of going, you know, upstairs and going to bed myself, I would stay downstairs, keep the TV on, not, I mean, I would watch it, but not really. Does that make sense? And just veg out and fall until I fell asleep at maybe three, four o'clock in the morning. And I would get up and do it all over again. This was an like every single day. I honestly don't even know. I mean, it was literally by the grace of God. That's the only thing I can think of. That's the only thing I can think of. I can't, I, 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 I don't even know y'all, but that, that year it was a vicious cycle and it was a, it was a hard, hard year, but thankfully, uh, I was able to come out of that state, but while I was in that state, or I should say after doing some reflection, reflection and reflecting, there were things that I was like, man, I wish that I would have either leaned into that more or man, I wish I, I knew this. And that's what I want to talk about today. So let me go ahead and start with number one. The first thing that I want to say that I wish, I wish, I wish that I knew while I was going through that year, which was, and even before that, like I said, when I had postpartum, like just going through this depression, right? One of the things that I really wish that I had known or had access to was my complete, like my family history, my complete family history sounds so basic, right? Everybody should know their family history. Everybody. Everybody should know their family history. But unfortunately, on my dad's side, I don't. I don't know my family history on his side. So you know when you go to the doctors and they're like, okay, Bree, um, go ahead and fill out this, not application, what's it called? Like, I guess, intake form or whatever, Go ahead and fill this out and put your insurance on it, whatever that long form is. And they're asking you, so 
did you do this? Do you do that? Do you have a history of that? Do you have a history of, you know, on your mom's size, like breast cancer and, you know, just different things. I could answer those things. But when it came to, and what about on your father's side? Or do you have a, do you have a history of X, Y, Z? How the hell should I know? I have literally, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. So there's like this piece of me that is missing. There's a part of me that it just, if this makes sense, it like it, 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 I will not ever be complete in that way. It's just not possible because that part of me, it, that understanding that helps me to know, you know, what, what, what am I made of? Who am I? Who am I? It's hard to answer that question when you don't have all the answers. It's hard to answer that question when you, you, you're scrambling to figure out clues like, you know, like what's the dude's name, Steve on Blue's Clues? Like you're, you, you can't even like figure out the puzzle, the complete puzzle, because you don't have all the pieces. You don't have all the pieces. And so I wish that I knew my fa- complete family history. So I would say to you, if you, if you are able to have that information, I would definitely ask, make sure that you have a complete, as much as you possibly can. I mean, we do the best that we can, right? But try to find out what your, what your, your medical history is, you know, your, your, your mom, your dad, your aunts and like just your grandparents, whomever, like, can you figure out what your, what your family history is? Because that is important. That is important. So like I said, I don't even know if if on my dad's side, is there a history of depression? Is there a history of this? Is there a history of mental illness? Is there a history of X, Y, Z? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I don't know. So that's one of the things that I really wish that I knew in my, while I was going through this, this depression. Um, another thing that I wish that I knew, so this is number two now, but another thing that I wish that I knew, and actually I, I, I did know, but I wish that I had the capacity to, to like lean into it more, right? Than I did, um, is that the food that you eat heavily, heavily impacts your mental health. It, and of course your physical health too, but I'm talking about mental health right now. The foods that we eat have a huge impact on our mental health. Have you ever noticed that when you, you're, you've eaten um, some greasy, salty, whatever, fast food or junk food or whatever, and at least for me, when I do that, more like if I especially if it's like a binge kind of situation where I'm just going days and days and I'm not like drinking water I'm drinking Dr. Peppers and oh I love Dr. Pepper <laughs> but I'm not drinking my water and I'm just eating all this junk food and etc cetera, etc cetera. I don't feel like my best self in any in any way in there in, in no capacity do I feel like my best self and on top of that these foods they are like modified Number one, to make you crave them so that you, you want to eat more. But also the, the stuff that's actually in the food is terrible. I know this. I know this. So I, I wish, but I wish that was something that I leaned into a little bit more. I'm not saying that that would have just completely changed my life, but who knows? I mean, I don't know because I just didn't lean into that. 
And I'll be honest with you, <laughs> um, when when I was watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, because I, I I'm not a huge watcher of the show. I will watch when I want, and this is no shade, please. This is no no tea, no shade, no none of that. But when I want to have something to just mindlessly watch that. It, is not like an investment <laughs> of my mental capacity. I know that sounds terrible. And again, I'm not shading them in any capacity. Okay. I'm very, I'm neutral. I would watch episodes here or there over the last few years. I'm not all caught up or anything, but I would see them get these salads. I can't remember who it was. Maybe Kim, Chloe. I, I don't know. Courtney, one of the three. And sometimes I would get irritated watching them eat these damn salads. I know that sounds completely irrational, but this is my truth. <laughs> I would be irritated because they would, I'm assuming, have the salad delivered. I'm sure the salad, I'm guessing, would cost $15 to $20 for a salad. Or maybe they stock their fridge up like it's a, maybe a chef makes them. I really don't know. I don't know. But I can guarantee you this salad is made with clean, healthy ingredients. And of course, they can, like, if they, they, I'm sure could afford obviously to eat clean and healthy for every single meal for the rest of their life. And that's great. I don't knock them for that. It is amazing. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes when I would watch the show, I would be a little bit irritated um, just at this idea that some people are able to do this when I know that there are tons of black people and brown people that are walking around Did you know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month? In honor of my mental health, I'll be resisting the urge to be hashtag booked and busy, plus turning off the TV and instead doing things that inspire peace, joy, and creativity like puzzles. I enjoy doing puzzles because they allow me to set my cares down for a while and refill my self-care cup. Enter RVL Wellness Co. RVL Wellness Co. is a small black owned Okay, so what do Gail Anderson, Oprah Winfrey, and Big Boy have in common? These are three people in media who back in the day showed me that my dreams were possible. These visionaries paved the way for me to take a huge chance on myself by sharing my voice in the podcasting space. Black representation in media didn't happen by chance. We had to fight for the right to be heard, to be seen, to share our stories, and to take up space. Imagine if you could have some of the power, richness, and depth of the Black experience in one curated space. You can. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment, as well as perspective of the culture in real time. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Conversations ranging from Abbott Elementary to mental health to Tracy Ellis Ross, there is no limit to the range you will find on Black Stories, Black Truths. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. It's okay to be skeptical and to question things that don't quite sound true. Like the time that I was dating someone that was trying to earn cool points, so told me he liked every single TV show that I did, but then couldn't tell me any of the names of the characters on these shows he claimed to love. Like, seriously? 
If something seems too good to be true, do some digging before you invest your time, energy, or money. This is why when it comes to my health, I use Ritual because they know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our high standards. Their clinically backed essential for women 18 plus multivitamin has high quality traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. These multivitamins are gentle on my stomach and are so easy for me to take. It's crucial that I trust what I'm putting into my body, so I love that Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, which is a huge deal. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash self-care. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash self-care for 25% off. Puzzle company whose mission is to elevate the well-being of black women. Their puzzles feature curated collections from dope black female artists and are beautiful works of art that are frame worthy and can be used as home decor. For a limited time only, RVL Wellness Co. is offering 15% off to all the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast listeners. Go to rvlwellnessco.com and use code BGSC15 at checkout for 15% off your first order of a self-care puzzle. Again, that is rvlwellnessco.com and enter code BGSC15 at checkout for 15% off your first order of a self-care puzzle. With $5 in their pocket, and they need to stretch that money like nobody's business, okay? So we they're not getting a, a salad. They're not getting, I don't know, a, a healthy meal even, for example, from like a vegan restaurant or a vegetarian restaurant or anything like that. They're not getting, that's a luxury. That not, we. I mean, come on, let's get with it. That is a luxury. To be able to eat well and clean and healthy in this country is a it's a privilege and it's a luxury that a lot of people in our community do not have. So yeah, damn straight, I will be irritated. Again, not necessarily at them, but just the idea, if, if you can understand where I'm coming from, that people in our community don't have access to that, okay? They don't have access to that. And again, they're walking around with two nickels to rub together in their pocket. And so there's a decision to make here. There's a decision to make here. I'm going to, I got to make this $5, this $10 stretch for the whole week. You're not buying a damn salad. You're just not. Okay. You're going to go to wherever's drive through and they're having that 99 cent, um, you know, like a 99 cent special for tacos or whatever. And you're going to buy some, you're going to buy what's in your budget. You're not worried about the health part of it. You're not worried about like, oh, how many calories is this? Oh, is this going to be good for my brain health and my mental health? You're trying to survive and eat. Okay? So again, I was just irritated by that. And I, and I wish that I remembered that the food that you eat, um, like salmon, spinach, broccoli, greens, leafy greens, nuts, beans, you know, all the good stuff. That, that affects your mental health. But that wasn't something that I leaned into. So I'm sure that while I was going through, because I wasn't eating to protect my, my mental health and my body, I was exasperating the situation. So that's the second thing. 
Your food affects your mood. The third thing that I would say is that it is okay to switch therapists and advocate for yourself. It really is. Um, when I was seeing a therapist while I was going through my depression, I didn't, I mean, I, when I keep saying I didn't know, I, I don't think that's the right phrase. Because obviously I did know. I think the better word is, for in this case, I didn't feel comfortable. How about that? I think that's a better use of the word. I didn't feel comfortable. Um, and I didn't want to make my therapist uncomfortable. Like, I didn't feel comfortable switching therapists. And so I would just go into the appointment, answer some questions. He would ask me some questions. I didn't feel like it was really making much of a difference. But I just felt like... I'm here now, so I guess I'll just stay. <laughs> it was really just like this, and I know a part of it was depression. I get that, but it was also like, I guess I just have to settle. He's not what I want, but I'm, I, you know, I'm here now, and I don't, I don't want to leave because what if he gets uncomfortable or, you know, yada yada yada. It was like I was putting that other person, this professional's needs, in front of my own, and it's like, sis, the. That doesn't even make sense. That doesn't even make sense. It is okay for you to switch it up. It is okay for you to see another doctor. It is okay for you to even let the person that you're working with know, you know, hey, I don't know if this is working for me or not. Can, can we talk about this? Like, it's okay to have these conversations, even if they feel uncomfortable. It is okay to switch your doctor, even if... It makes you a little uncomfortable because think of the long run. Think of the time and the money and the effort and the energy that you might be wasting when there is uh, someone else that is able to better suit your needs. So it's okay to advocate for yourself. So that's the third thing that I, I wish that I knew that it's okay for me to seek other opinions. It's okay for me to seek other medical opinions. It's okay for me to seek other therapist, it's okay for me to try different options and then decide. Like, I don't, you don't have to, and I didn't have to either, but I guess I just, I wasn't, I wasn't allowing myself the space to do this, but you don't have to settle for the first doctor that you see. Like you, you really don't. You have options, girl. You have options that are, that are, uh, yours to, to control, or, or do. You have options. So you don't have to see the first doctor. Uh, again, if you don't want to. If you're not vibing with them. If you're feeling like something's not off. If you feel like they just don't have the compassion or time that you need. That is your gut. That is your spirit saying, sis, we need to pump the brakes a little bit. And see if we can find somebody else that is going to be able to better prioritize our needs. Okay? So you don't have to be stuck with a professional that is not giving what you need him or her to give. So that's the third thing. The fourth thing that I would say is, as cliche as it sounds, I know, I know, it, it really is okay to not be okay and to, to open up with someone safe, and, and and let them know what's going on. I, I wish that I had done that because I really didn't. Not that I remember. Um, 
people knew, like, for example, my friend, she knew my gun bestie and my mom, like they knew that I was on medical leave for a whole year. But man, I'm going to tell you, black women, we are the professionals at walking around beat up and tore up inside. But on the outside, we make it look effortless and like everything is okay. So like I said, like my bestie, she knew that I was on uh, medical leave or depression leave or whatever it was called. But I am positive that nobody knew what was going on. Like there was a war going on inside my mind. And there were some days that I would be like, I don't think this was during my depression year. I think this was more so during my postpartum depression year. I'm trying to differentiate between the two. So that was maybe like 20 years ago or 19 years ago or 18 years ago or whatever. I was just like, why am I here? I just need to end it now. This doesn't make any sense. My life is trash. It's not going anywhere. I've got this baby. I don't know how I'm going to take care of her. I'm a, you know, I, it was just like all the things. I'm a bad person. I've just made so many mistakes. There's no coming back from that. I just need to end it now. Remember at the beginning, I said, you know, triggers, triggers, triggers. This is that part. But this is, this is my truth. And I, I feel like I was put here to talk about things like this. I was put here to make a difference. So I think that we need to be able to have these kinds of conversations here on the show. Because I want you to see, obviously, that there, there's light on the other side. There really, really is. There is light on the other side. But during that year, or, or my postpartum, I guess, year, if, if you will, I was even wondering, like, why am I here? I just need to end it. I, would, I struggled with that. I would go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm not even going to get into the, to the thoughts I had because I don't want to go down that road and make it that kind of episode. But, yeah, I would think, like, this is, this is the day. This is the day. Thankfully, I am still here. Thankfully, I am still here. I'm going to say that one more time. Thankfully, I am so thankful that I am still here. But I, I, I wish that I knew or I wish that I felt comfortable enough to open up about this. I think I felt like I was going to be judged or shamed or um, and, and then again, I was worrying about other people like I don't want this person to panic. I don't want this person to, you know, whatever. So I would just bottle everything up. That is my way. That's another reason why I have to prioritize my self-care. I've said it a million times, like the version of Brie that is here on the podcast and has been on the podcast for the last few years, that is not the version of myself that I was years ago. We were like on two different levels. But I didn't feel comfortable talking about those things. I had a family member um, say... When someone had, had committed suicide, this person was like, um, what did they say? Something along the lines of, what did they do that for? What was the point? And so it's comments like that where I'm just like, I, I, you, you'll know who your safe person is. 
You'll know who your safe person is and you'll know who your your safe person is not. Lean on your safe people and allow yourself to open up because it is okay to not be okay and it is okay to tell people, safe people, you know, what's going on, right? If you're going through like this season of depression, all right? So that was number four. And then the last thing that I would say is that I wish that I knew because I was so racked with guilt. But I wish that I knew that it was not, it's not bad. And I'm putting that in uh, air quotes. It's not bad to be a follower of Christ, to pray and go to therapy. It is okay to have faith and believe in God and utilize uh, medicine and, and counselors and therapists and self-care and whatever it is you need to, to utilize to help get you to a better place. You can, have, you can do both. Have faith and meds. Faithandmeds.com. Like, you can do both. But when I, during that time, I struggled. That was like another layer. I was already with the depression, but it was like another layer for me for a long time. And I was like questioning everything. Like, is God going to still love me? Does it mean that I don't have faith? Am I going to hell? Like, these are the types of questions that I struggle. There was like, like I said, this internal struggle that I had. So imagine depression. And on top of that, you worried about your salvation. You're worried about your soul. You're worried about the judgment that what God is going to do to you. Is he going to punish me? Is he going to punish me? Those are the thoughts that I had. And I, man, I wish if there's somebody out there right now that is going through this, I wish that I could just give you a huge hug and let you know I understand where you are coming from because I am rooted in church culture. I know what it means and it feels like to feel like you have to walk a straight and narrow path or you are damaged goods. You are not good enough. God is not going to love you. You are going to hell if you don't follow this routine. I know what that's like. Like I said, I am a huge follower of Christ. I am a Jesus stan. Remember that song by Eminem? I forget what it's called. Stan, your number one fan or something like that. Number one fan. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) I am a Jesus stan. I am. Not a perfect one at all. But I love me some Jesus. And I had to really do the work and I'm still doing the work y'all because that pervasive culture of colonization has us black people just man I think that's a conversation for another time but I'm still doing the work I'm still doing the work I'm still learning about what it means for me to follow Christ as a black person that was stripped of all culture. I'm still doing the work of who I am in Christ as a follower, again, while black. Because it took me a long time to realize 
thanks to the unlearning that all black people unfortunately have to endure that the church like the religion of Christianity is a white culture it was not made for black people period I cannot tell you how much I have internalized and struggled with when it comes to that. Feeling unwanted, unloved, not valued, worried about my salvation because I was not doing things the right way, including therapy. You feel me? To the sister that's listening right now that is wondering about this, I say, do the work. But I want you to know that it is okay to pray and go to therapy. That's just like going to a doctor, right? Therapists, counselors, doctors, uh, OBGYNs, like all that you get when you get your boobies checked, like. If, if going to a therapist is wrong, then going to all doctors should be wrong. And we know that that's not the case, right? So it is okay to go to therapy. It is okay to have medic, medicine prescribed. It, 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 it's okay. It is okay. It does not make you bad. It does not mean you're going to hell. Like none of that, okay? None of that. So those are my five things. I want to recap them very quickly. The five things that I wish that I knew when I battled depression, I just wish I knew these things. My complete his excuse me, my complete family history was number one. Um, understanding that the food that you eat impacts your mental health is number two. Uh, it's okay to switch your professional, your like your professional, your doctor, your counselor, your therapist, and advocate for yourself. That's number three. Uh, number four is it is okay to not be okay and to open up with people that are safe. And number five, it is not bad to pray and go to therapy. Okay, so those are the things that I wish that I knew. So I would love to get your thoughts on today's episode. You can shoot me an email at connect at browngirlsselfcare.com. Also, shout out to those of you that share the podcast on Instagram. Sometimes by the time I even see, y'all, my inbox is terrible. I'm just going to let you know. I am really trying to keep ahead of all the, the DMs and things like that. But um, it, it sometimes feels like an impossible task, but I'm trying to work my way through it. But um, sometimes I'll see that you have shared the podcast or mentioned the podcast. And I just thank you so much for that because you and I are doing the work to help all black women prioritize themselves and lean into their wholeness the way that they deserve by embracing a self-care uh, lifestyle. So I thank you for that. And um, yeah, if you would just do a favor and be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast, that would be just peachy keen for me. <laughs> All right. So that is it, girl, for today's episode or this week's episode of the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you on the next episode on Monday. Have a blessed week and uh, talk to you soon. 
brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.